0: Hi, welcome to the Ashtanga Dispatch Yoga Podcast. I'm Peg Queen, your host. To say that the past few years have been difficult is the biggest understatement. I doubt that there's one among us who hasn't experienced significant feelings of depression or anxiety. Not that we talk about it, especially not in the yoga world, In yoga, there can be so much shame wrapped up in feeling emotions like sadness, fear, and anger, as if proof our practice isn't working. When really to be able to feel sadness, to acknowledge fear, and to sit with all those uncomfortable emotions is actually proof that it is. But unless we talk about it, unless we share those parts of ourselves, the parts that are human, our own humanity, then the myth lives on and so does the shame. So I'll begin. (laughs) Maybe you've noticed that we haven't put out many podcasts this year and that for a good part of 2022, I was pretty quiet on social media. I didn't really call it depression. But looking back at the beginning of this year, I know that's what it was. I was depressed. Um, I felt unmotivated, apathetic, like I was in a fog, you know? Um, My senses just felt dull. I wasn't excited about anything. I wasn't motivated to do anything. And I chalked it all up to being separated from my daughter Megan for two years, understandable. I chalked it up to COVID and the confusion and uncertainty, of course. But even as COVID restrictions faded and I was reunited with Megan, it didn't go away. I still had this weight that I was carrying and I couldn't really explain it. I just felt it. And so I stayed with it. I needed to pull back a little. I needed to go dark. I needed to sleep a little more and do a little less. I needed to be outside in nature and not staring at a screen. It wasn't a particularly pleasant period. But I have to tell you, it turned out to be quite the transformative one. Mind you, I didn't think this at the time. In fact, I felt pretty much stuck, which is how I think stillness sometimes feels and why we avoid it. But in that stillness, and yes, even in my sadness, I was able to reconnect with what was real inside of me. Because it wasn't just COVID or being separated from Megan that was weighing me down, as I said. Those just made it impossible to ignore. Underneath all of that was a more generalized dispassion for teaching, for practicing, for podcasting, for sharing anything online, really. Because none of it felt authentic. It it didn't feel like me anymore. But I also didn't know... (laughs) What did? Anyway, I guess that's what I was avoiding all along until finally keeping up with the herd and just became too exhausting. I just didn't have it in me to try anymore. And thank goodness for that because before I could embrace or or even realize what was me, I needed to let go of what wasn't. Which brings me to today's episode with Leah Profetti, an Ashtanga yoga teacher. She teaches along with her husband, Tariq, in Portugal. I found Leah on Instagram after a series of posts that were so raw and real. I knew, I just knew there had to be a pretty powerful story behind And it's not just one woman's story, but one that so many of us have lived, but are often too ashamed to tell. A story of vulnerability and courage, of breaking open and breaking free from cultural norms and societal pressures, from the shame of seeking help and needing to be perfect. We need to stop keeping our stories a secret. We need to stop hiding these parts of ourselves because far worse than going through dark times is believing we're the only ones. And why I'm so grateful to teachers like Leah who are willing to break that code of silence. And it's my great honor to bring her to you today. Here's Leah Perfetti. I was reading where you live and you have four kids, two horses, four, two horses, chickens.
1: I have six dogs. You have six, six dogs. Yeah, but it's just Yeah, bad, bad, bad ideas. Really bad ideas. It's really rural, rural where we live. It's two hours south of Lisbon. It's countryside. It's very natural. And then there's the ocean. It actually reminds me of Utah. Very dry sagebrush. Everyone idealizes this country living, and then when they're doing it, my husband he had lived on farms when he was younger. He's from Brazil, so he was a little bit more used to it than me. But then. When you have it, it's like this is so much work. This is crazy. (laughs) Like uh...
0: much work.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh! But did you notice that intensity for intense like asana practice definitely diminishes when you're living in this kind of environment? I noticed that. So.
0: Yes, so I lived in d c before here. So we always came here in the summers, but this was our three month, you know, hiatus. But the rest of the time was in d c. And awesome, was I was very intense, a very intense practitioner. A lot of my energy went to that. And then, when we moved here, really started working outside. like that was where my work was. And just living here is a lot of work, like living there. It's a lot of work to live like this
2: it's a lot lot of work it's hard
0: it's hard on your body it's you know and all of a sudden yeah practice all of a sudden just became so my body could feel better like so all the walking and hiking and digging and and all that didn't like kill my body so yeah yoga became like my hiatus
1: (laughs) yeah but it it doesn't have to have that intensity is when you're in the city where you have to like feel like you're getting everything out So then you can just be calm the rest of your day in the urban setting. And then here it's like, well, there's action all day. So I can't do too much because I can't do the action as required of me the rest of the day. Well,
0: plus achievement oriented, right? All of a sudden that achievement just doesn't matter. I mean, you know, the practice matters, but the achievement part doesn't matter. And the achievement part doesn't even matter here because I'm never done. And everything I do can be instantly undone with one storm with one, you know.
1: Yeah, and you're always in this preparation for the winter, oh no, it's going to be summer and it's dry, and it's, uh, like my husband, he just running to to the land now because there's a storm coming and like we have to prepare. Well, I got that connection,
0: I got that affinity for nature, with nature, from your posts. Like, I've been following you on Instagram, and I think when I reached out to you, I told you that your posts were just speaking my language they were just I I just kept finding myself I'd read to the end I go yes there was one particular post that I read and when I read it when I got to the end first I sent it to my daughter and I said I must I must talk with her anyway I sent it to you before we got on would you mind reading that I would read it out loud but I don't think I could do it justice yeah
1: <laughs> I'll try I hope I don't like get teary here
0: <laughs> me teary and not maybe but it was it was a really powerful post
1: yeah it was it was okay so I'll try to read it without getting teary I definitely don't want to cry on your show today <laughs> but here we go and. Yeah, I guess I'll put the context of this post after and this writing
2: after I read it. Oh, dear women,
1: please listen to me. Those years of controlling yourself to the maximum with your food, your yoga practice, your exercise, your looks, your heart, your very important career, they will catch up with you. I promise somewhere between the ages of 40 and 50, when your body is no longer a fertile ground of receptivity, your body, your soul will scream out with anger and pain and often sickness and ask you why you pushed yourself for so long. Why did you torture yourself? Why didn't you eat all the food you craved? Why didn't you sleep a little longer? Lay in the sun.
2: on the grass all day. Laugh more. Let your body rest
1: when it needed it. Let your blood each month tell you your story. You thought you were following your heart's desire, living your soul's essence. But you were just one more victim of an unjust world that tricked you into thinking you were not enough. I am on the other side now. I learned to respect my heart's every desire. A lesson in humility, a virtue of the heart. Where were all the crones when I needed them? Now I can hear my grandmother's words. You wise women, speak your story to the young ones. It's your responsibility. Warn them, let us know that spreading Yourself too thin, both physically, mentally, and emotionally will catch you. Tell us your story so we know.
2: Women, please rest, eat, bask, sing, make love, laugh, and play. Save some of you for later. Cherish the women around you. Don't rush your pregnancies. Let your body grow honor your breasts, talk to your womb, rest when you bleed, rest when you can,
1: don't push your body until it's dry and brittle, hold yourself each day for a little bit, tell your daughters, your
2: granddaughters, tell your friends, love, love, and love yourself, because then all around you, will be well too. I
1: didn't cry. (laughs) I I did. (laughs) I did did get a little nervous, but (laughs) I wish someone told me that when I was about 30. I don't know if I would have listened because I was stubborn and conditioned, but like the rest of us and but maybe if someone had told me, please take it easy. Don't push so much. You know, maybe they were telling me
2: and I just. When you said, where were the old crones when I needed them? I felt that. Yeah, maybe I wouldn't have listened back but you get to a point where you did give
0: me
1: the context behind it then where I had to change everything basically (laughs) (laughs)
2: unfortunately
1: unfortunately I had to change almost everything Hmm. so I've been a yoga practitioner since I was 20 I started in university I had biology degree and women's studies degree I was an athlete previously i was a very hard worker started the practice took that on 100 percent, and it's definitely not the practice's fault but it's everything the world we live in the culture every direction we look and i took everything so seriously i pushed so hard i would have babies and immediately go back to practicing even though i was breastfeeding them until they were three and expecting myself to be able to jump back to whatever i did get thin do the practice even surf make full meals for my family which meant soaking beans and you know we're not doing like easy food you know it's food that takes a lot and but not willing to give not willing to give up anything and be like okay i have all these children i have to take my pace down or decide i need help or not do it all i need help (laughs) i need help like someone help me no like no i got this and then of course the ego becomes defined by all that of which i can do i am leah the yogi i am leah the surfer i'm leah's skinny mom of three i am whatever you know everything and Last year, we decided, or two years ago, we decided to build a house on top of all of that. Brilliant, you know, in the countryside with the chickens and the horses and the dogs. And it was post COVID, and I had been starting to feel really weird, you know, really weird. I was very thin, and but I, of course, was not willing to check myself out. You know, I go to osteopaths, I'll go to the homeopath. I have a, a a therapist that I'll see, you know, transpersonal therapist. So it wasn't that I wasn't checking in, an acupuncturist. So you think that you're like, you're making it through. And then last year, I just, we were teaching a retreat actually in Northern Spain, 25 people retreat, speaking Spanish all weekend. And I went to bed one night and I didn't go to bed and I had a panic attack and I didn't sleep. And then I was like, okay, drink chamomile tea, take some CBD, get a massage, you know, and it started to intertwine, which I had no consciousness. I had no idea what was happening. I live in a holistic community. Everyone's like, just wait it out. It's going to pass. After like a week, I called up one of my dear friends, a student. He's a, a cancer doctor. He's actually... Well known for knowing how to use medicines for people when they're suffering, dying of cancer, and he said, "Leah, you're entering into burnout." And I was like, "Me burnout? Not possible. I'm perfect. I do it all right. <laughs> I'm following all the rules that everyone has told me to do. I'm doing it all right." You eat whole foods.
0: You you practice yoga. You drink your chamomile tea. You're you're
1: yes.
2: You're. I don't small. drink alcohol.
1: I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I leave clean. And even then they were like, Oh, this can't happen. This isn't happening to you. You're too strong, Leah. You're fine. You're fine. It's going to pass. Even my husband who knows me as like survivor woman was like, just wait. And I waited too long. I waited way too long. And I let days and days pass. Next thing you know, I'm a hundred pounds. I am shaking. And I was just like, this is not okay. And then I just decided, and we, our program here is we teach in the summertime from May until October. We were, it's like a, we receive everyone from all over Europe who wants to have like a yoga vacation. So we don't teach it all year round. We teach like a, a program. And I said, I have to get out of here. I would never have done that. Like my work was like, I will never give up my work. And I left and I went to my sister's house in upstate New York. And I arrived there and she was like, what happened to my sister? She's broken. She's broken. (laughs) And I sat in her backyard for two months trying to figure out what the fuck I did to myself, you know,
2: and it was not easy.
1: You know, I even have shame saying that happened to me because it's not supposed, it doesn't fit into my, it doesn't fit. Like we don't get cancer. We don't get sick. We're yogis. And it happened to me. And when I asked my doctor, finally, I was jumped around to doctors and even the doctors wouldn't believe me because I look so healthy. No one would believe me. So finally I got a good doctor and he was like, Oh my God, how have you waited this
2: long? The high functioning thing doesn't always work for us. It's
0: remarkable. And I'm first of all, I just want to acknowledge like how much courage it takes to say this, especially you're right, in a wellness community that believes you can manifest wellness by thinking positive or that medicine is evil and only holistic work. I mean, there's, there's this, we we we, live in a very extreme time right now and a very judgmental time and a really hard time to live through. And I have to say every, nearly every person I have spoken to throughout, especially the past few years, especially
2: have been struggling with some form of depression at some point. And at some level, and
0: terrified to admit it, terrified,
1: terrified. Just- I mean, I didn't even know that's what I had. Do you know, like I had anxiety, and even that, I learned to like just keep stuffing down because, you know, the yoga is so powerful, and it is so helpful that it does do a great. it's like taking your vitamins every day. But sometimes, you know, like suddenly the vitamins are not enough. you know what I mean? Yes. Or it's like your body cream. It keeps your skin moisturized, but there's like a point when you need, you know, it wasn't enough suddenly. And I didn't have anyone to even help me to navigate. I didn't even know what was happening. I had absolutely no idea. That must have been really scary. And 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 then the whole thing is like, I'm a yoga teacher. I'm guiding tons of people every day to follow my ways. And look at what happened to me and I don't want to beat myself up. And I, there is a part that's like, why did I do that to myself? Well, no, I am I am um, a result of our society, our culture, the holistic community, the Shtanga community, because they're in there too. And it's not all my fault. It's my childhood, it's been everything. But like, if you're going to put yourself out there to be healing people and you know it all because yoga teachers these days, are like, doctors, psychologists, Jesus. everything, right? The yoga teacher of 2022 is all, we are healers, energy cleaner. we are all, you know, we're yes. putting ourselves, yes. it's just like, you have a problem, we have the answer. Because and
0: that's what sells. Everyone's gotta be an expert and you have to be perfect and you have to, and the truth is, I much prefer human. Um, to perfect personally, because when you said, I am a teacher, oh yeah, you bet you are. Sure. In retrospect, you know, I have looked back at things and in retrospect, have perfect hindsight. How did I let that go so far? How did I, you know, of course, this is what was happening. Of course, I should have done this or whatever. When you're in the midst of it, when you're in the midst of something really dark, you're, you're
1: surviving. And if you are a survivor, you may do a pretty damn good job. And how many Ashtanga students are not survivors? Almost every one of us has a survival story, which got us to do this very demanding practice, which is so beautiful. And I'll net, you know, that's not what I'm saying, but it's like I was saying some doctors have to know when they don't know how to treat a patient, right? And yoga teachers have to know when they've crossed the limit and they don't know how to help their students, you know, because giving up gluten is not going to be the answer to all your problems. Having your vegan diet and starving yourself is not going to clean up all your problems.
0: No, I'm, I'm totally with you. And I'm so glad you're preaching this because I mean, I've had, I had somebody who reached out to me to be on the podcast who wanted to talk about how Ashtanga yoga cured her anorexia or Ashtanga yoga made them sober or yoga is why they hadn't gotten COVID because they manifested that that was what they were manifesting. And, And I listened to these and they, It sends me running in the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. It scares the crap out of me when I hear
1: it. And it should, and it should. Thank God, you know, thank God. You know, when I started writing these things, my husband was really, bless his soul, was very not happy at first. He was like, here she goes. What is she doing? You know, and I was just like, I have to do it. I have to do it. Do you think
0: a part of him was scared, as in wanted to protect you? Yes.
1: Yes. He, his first thing was like, I don't want, you know, all the yoga haters Mm -hmm. and all the jealous people to be like, oh, look at what happened to Leah. Or, you know, he was really worried. And he also, you know, he, he saw me go through that. You know, he, he stuck it out when I went down for the count, which is like very, not everyone in your life's willing to, go there with you. Where do you go down? You know, I mean, how many stories do men leave their wives when they have cancer or vice versa? When you're, you know, it's a very challenging period when your wife can no longer function. And I was so high functioning, you know, and it's funny because after I've gone through this, there's no way my body will function like that again. Like it just has all the, the, the alarm system. That as soon as I start pushing of it, it just goes like, alert, alert, like there's no way. And, you know, I think this happens to, I don't know how many men this happens to, but when I talked to my doctor and I said, how many women are like me right now? And he said, thousands and
2: thousands. I look at you and I think, oh, thank God. That you're willing to
0: open up and and I read this book. Have you ever read this book? um what happened to you?
2: Mm-mm.
0: It's um Oprah Winfrey wrote it with I forget the psychologist's name and and they wrote it together, and what he was saying was people would say like, what's wrong with you? you know what I <laughs> mean? like they're like, but what happened to you? And what he talks about in there though is trauma informed wisdom
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. And, There's actually a lot of wisdom and insight that comes from having experienced something firsthand and kind of comment. You you said in the post, I'm on the other side now, you know, to be on the other side, you bring with you.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, I was very blessed because I worked with a doctor from Colombia. I speak Spanish, and he was a really well-known doctor. And my friend here hooked me up with him. And we did over Zoom, and he was the one who kind of clinically treated me during this. And he was always calling it a rebirth. So I was lucky that he could use that terminology with me, and he could talk to me from a holistic sense, even though you know, there was a time when I had to take something to sleep. Of course, I didn't accept it. And he very gracefully walked me through all of this. And he made me believe that I was going to be my best self on the other side of it. And that was very powerful for me. It really, because even my own mother, she was like, oh, you'll never be the same after this. You're, you know, like you're sort of done. Uh, People don't recover from this. And in fact, I believe, yeah, when you live knowing that shadow space exists. It's fucked up, you know, because it when you know the dark, it's hard, you know, like you know that's there. So it's like you live as a very humble human actor because you know where it can go if you're not. So you live with that, but I feel now that I'm doing my most important work that I've ever done in my life. You know, I work with women, I host female retreats, I do um astrology mostly with women and The things that are opening up now for me with the people I work with are just a hundred times more. And my ability to go there with them is so much greater, but I live knowing that hell exists. I visited hell, I got to leave hell, but now I know hell. It's not just a story.
2: We can't be afraid to go there because when we do, it's not that it doesn't exist, it
1: does. It's not like it goes away just because we don't acknowledge it. Or we... I mean, and, and quite honestly, this is what the yogis have always been talking about, you know, going to enlightenment. Do you only go to enlightenment when you went to the shithole, you know, <laughs> like that's the big You can't be high all the time. And I used to say to everyone before I had this situation, I wanted like endless summer. I wanted things to be amazing all the time. I wanted to just always have an amazing yoga practice, be the best. Just ride the high line forever, you know? And so for me, when I got the punch, it was like, wow, it was heavy. Yeah, I felt like, too, I felt like I, I just understood the yoga after I went through that, you know? This is why all these texts and scriptures have been written because of the suffering that humans have always had a tendency to feel.
2: And I was thinking as a teacher, because as a teacher, if a student came to you with, with
0: real strong emotions, with real like heavy stuff, things they were going through, I mean, say you were one of your students and they came to you and they couldn't sleep and they were having panic attacks and like, you know, having trouble eating and like, how would you be with them at that, even at that point? I bet you wouldn't tell them to push through it or I can't No, imagine. no, I would
1: not have told them to push through it. And I would definitely admit that maybe I didn't have all the tools for them. Yeah.
0: Isn't it weird how we would do that for someone else even at that time, but then it, when it came to us, you're like, no, no.
1: No, no, I have to just continue to torture myself.
0: I often think if we just would... Be with ourselves as we are with others that come to us. We would definitely be better off. (laughs) Oh
1: yeah, for sure. Uh, sure. I have to constantly have that conversation with myself: of am I being compassionate with myself, or you know, really, what's good for me right now? How do I really feel? Because I'm so programmed to ignore. It's funny because I work so much with intuition, and I help so many people intuitively when it comes to myself, I'm like, no, you got to tough it out. It's, it's just ridiculous. It's <laughs> crazy. I had just created this teacher kind of perfect mom-wife thing that I was really selling, selling, you know, unconsciously giving that out. And that's one thing I think I really want to express here that I think is important is that as teachers, we're creating mini-me's. You know, your students are coming to you because they like attracts like. And I'm so much happier to share what I have now than what I shared before. And a lot of people don't like that. And some of them really like it. It doesn't matter. But I want to be, I want to be authentically trying to help people to be well. And before I was showing everyone that being impossible was possible. Like you, maybe, you know.
2: And I don't want to share that as a teacher. I don't want to see, I see so many students, females, killing
1: themselves. It's so heavy, you know, when they're torturing and torturing, and you're wondering, why are they doing this, you know? And I knew because I used to do it too. And when I think of the things I did, I think, how in the hell did I manage to do that? You know, have a baby, three months later, be doing second, full, intermediate. What was I thinking?
2: Why wouldn't have I just given myself a little time? We talked about this in the women's group. And
0: when you say, what were you thinking? And I know you've talked about this earlier in our talk. And that is that the culture does very much promote that idea, that linear-like thinking that, you know, just a blip and go back on, you know, get back on the train, keep going and doesn't really value, we live in a culture that doesn't really value rest or even downtime, you know, like there has to be a goal and a sense of achievement.
1: Or stopping and being home with your children for a little while and resting and breastfeeding them and. Yeah, I know we
0: don't You know, we don't live in a culture that really um,
1: promotes that, or promotes that, but you still have to do the other two. Like, yeah. so- <laughs> or, or or imagine you. We lived in a culture that was like, oh, she maybe she's through going through menopause. Gosh, she needs cave time. She has to go into her burrow. Let's feed her. Let's oil her limbs. Let's give her a spa. You know, and it was like culturally, like we were cared for. We were expecting that period. Like. Oh, I might be entering that period soon when I'm going to become wise and it's going to be beautiful. And I will be careful as I transition. Or, you know, period, babies, menopause, all these beautiful transitions that we have. Stepping into our power, stepping into all your wisdom, being who you are right now, calling me up. You probably wouldn't have called me up if you hadn't passed that year.
2: You know, there's power in speaking, yeah. in letting your voice be heard. I just want to
0: like acknowledge that by you sharing your story, who knows who you're telling? You're not alone.
1: Yeah. When and you- I've had so many women reach out to me and so many, so many and need to be Say, you know, you you know what I'm talking
2: about. You know what I'm talking about. There's so much power in that to have someone else know, really know what you're talking about, what you're feeling. Yeah, I'd
1: re- yeah, read some quote that was like, Your story may be someone's survival guide later. And like that really touched me because when I had met people. Like I told you, my my mother, she didn't mean to say that to me, but she was like, you'll never be what you were. And then my therapist would say, we never want you to be what you were. That's what I was going <laughs> to say. Thank God, right? Thank God. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I don't want to be what I was at all. Although I'm thankful for her and she was a very brave woman and I honor her. But I don't want to be pushing myself like that. I don't want to hurt myself anymore. You know, I want to do things gently. I want to enjoy the food I eat. I don't want to make everything my stamp. I'm this, I'm that, and this is the way. And it's dangerous. It's just, you know, it's tough. Just so trained to 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 prove ourselves and work hard and go and push and find our limits and to actually be honest is like a very new dialogue I have with myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm 42 years old and I don't think I had honest dialogue with myself for a very long time, maybe 20 years where I was really, does this feel good? Does this feel good? You know, and that seems so obvious and so simple and it's absolutely not.
0: So talk to me about where you are now. Like what's what's happening in your life? How have you shifted in in ways?
1: Well, I'm, I just take things way slower, way slower. You know, I'm, I taught all summer. I didn't know if I was going to, which I had written in that last post. But actually my therapist, my transpersonal therapist, lovely woman was like, I think you can do it because you're not coming from the same space you were before. You're going to see that whole kind of ah, intensity is gone. And that is true. I was able to just do it and maintain my center and treat everyone with so much love and share that through the teachings. And it felt really great. So I'm still teaching. I've been uh, organizing women's retreats, which I really love do sweat lodges and make everyone just really open up like we're doing now, just to feel that it was safe to just be exactly who they were in that moment and share that and feel held within a group. And I started doing women's circles in our program and everyone thought I was crazy. And I, I think I mentioned this too the other day, is that when I started doing the women's circles, the competitive energy was dissipated in the Shala. And that has been a dream. You know, it has been a dream to teach women all together because I work with my husband, so that can be sometimes tricky. I have a very handsome husband, 40 women can be tricky, and it really just cut all the negativity out. It's been beautiful, and I, I really love it.
0: I told you about this year long that we're doing a path, we call it the path, and we're using archetypes in the same using the archetype as a way to dig a little deeper and, and this month as the mother. And it's funny because people had asked, well, how, how will you approach this if someone hasn't had children? And I'm like, Oh, see, the mother is bigger than just, you know, a giver of life, not just human life. And also it's the mothering of ourselves. You were describing the way you were teaching now, how there's just so much love and that you're giving yourself space and that you're coming from a different Mm -hmm. space and you're able to offer that space. And I thought one of the questions in the journal was, what if we loved ourselves the way a mother loves a baby Mm -hmm. with that Mm -hmm. unconditional, full-bodied love? Because I do think it has to start with us. And I think when it doesn't, that's, yeah. And so when you give yourself the space, when you give yourself the rest, when you nurture yourself, you're able then to share so much more
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so much deeper with others. And that's the mother. It's, we need to mother us like <laughs> and each other, not, you know, be that powerful, immense expression of love.
1: And mothers are they're stern as well, you know, like they get angry, they, you know, watch mothers in nature, they'll throw their baby down or push it away. And like also being okay, for me, that was really important to bring in this. Mothers say no. Mothers say no. And I have to sometimes say no to myself. You know, Leah, you're doing too much. No, say no to the others. So like learning that love space from a space of real boundaries, and this is okay, and that's not okay. And then also, you know, infusing that into the Shala with the students and seeing things that I don't think are okay. And actually, you know, this is my Yoga Shala and I don't have to permit you to destroy yourself in my Yoga Shala. You know what I mean? I don't want to see it anymore. I don't want to tolerate it. I'm not going to pretend it's okay. And I'm not going to encourage it by pushing you because that's the way you want to be pushed, which for some students, has been a challenge for them to accept. You know, I've had very pregnant women in the class, almost about to give birth and really pushing themselves, you know, insisting on catching every minute and push and I just go, wait, wait, wait. This is only a month. You know, this is only a few months just, you know, and trying to share that because. Yeah. It might not bother you now, but it's going to bother you when you're 40 or 50. (laughs) That attitude is the attitude that gets you in trouble at 40 and 50.
0: Oh, amen, sister. I'm telling you. (laughs) This is fantastic. This is just so beautiful. I'm so grateful that, that you came on to talk with me and have this conversation. Wow.
1: Thank you. I feel very honored. It was something I wanted to talk about, but also had a lot of shame, as I admit, told you that had shame for passing such a situation. But I think it's important and it's relevant. And because people, when they know other people are passing through something similar, they can feel it coming earlier and they can reassess, reassessment. Let's reassess what's going on in my life right now. What can I, you know, slow down on and so that's why I'm saying it because I wouldn't wish what I went through on my worst enemy and I would like to you know as much as much as I can help people within my space of still taking care of myself thank you thank you too thank you so much
0: Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Ashtanga Dispatch Yoga Podcast, which was produced, edited, and hosted by me, Peg Mole Queen. And before you go, I would love to invite you to be one of the first to visit our brand new website. Go to ashtangadispatch.com, and there you will see that we've mapped out the path for 2023. Our theme next year is the nature of yoga, and we'll be using the elements as our guide. And also very excited about this. We have a mentorship program that will be launching in February, and we are over the moon for this because this is what we love. People, relationships, learning and growing together. It was that dark period that helped me get super clear about my own purpose and the meaning that I'm creating within my life. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being with us. And thank you for sharing yourself.